Throne, a Star Trek podcast by ladies where we talk about Star Trek loudly and at great length. I am your host, Kareen, joined by my co-host, Kim. Hello. And Ari. Hello. We're here to talk about season three, episode 12? Yes. yes. Best guess. Um, the Empath, or as I like to call it, mute hand-holding and torture porn through Brechtian set design. <laughs> And or my humble submission for Emmy for the outstanding achievement in makeup submission. <laughs> that is amazing. I was wondering where that first one was going and it went somewhere really great. Thank you. Um, because I have a question before we start anything. Yes, absolutely. What the fuck? Yeah. Well, okay. Here is a little bit of the background because I don't think anyone can really nail down what is going on. <laughs> Um, is that this was a fan-submitted script idea. Of course it was. It was... Did the fan hate the show? Well, there's a lot of, on the surface, good stuff in this episode. A very Star Trekian stuff about, you know, what it means to be human. Um, compassion for others. Everyone, however, is in a rush to commit suicide on behalf of someone else, though, which I thought was odd. Yeah. Um, and this also happened in an Outer Limits episode? Mm Mm-hmm. Or another, another 1960s television era where it's exactly the same Yeah, one that I'm pretty sure I've actually seen. Uh, Did it need to be done twice? Because I feel no. No, and I don't remember spending quite as much time going, wait, what the actual fuck in the Outer Limits one. So I have no memory of this episode from my previous watches of the series at all ever <laughs> see i have very 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 vivid of this one and i think the one that actually wraps up the series which is extreme penis envy um yeah i but, remember that one but this one oh her face nothing. and her stupid dancing and the fact that they linger on her like blank dead-eyed stare for hours like i very and the torture porn and the torture porn. I remember this. This porn. was another one of those episodes that the BBC refused to air yeah. on their first go because they're like, I don't really see the point of this. And I'm inclined to agree. Yeah. The thing that got me the most about this is coming off of last week's episode where we had this like strong ass, kicking, amazing, fantastic female character And then we come to this, literally a mute woman who does not say a single word, does not understand, supposedly does not understand anything that is going on around her, and her entire purpose is to absorb the pain of other men to prove herself worthy. Yeah. It was bullshit. She's like mute Jesus in a way, because she has been taken as an emissary of to be to prove her worthiness to these higher level beings that her civilization is deserving of salvation. She's mute Jesus. Mute interpretive lyrical dance Jesus. I don't care. It was terrible. <laughs> well, she didn't really do that much dancing either. She did a lot of like silent mostly, falling to the floor. Yeah, it that was, was mostly what it was. It was like dramatic ba- uh, like ballet falling to the floor yeah. where she was like holding herself right before she crashed. Was this actress a dancer? No, she is an actress and she went on to be a soap star actress, which is where I I think it's from As the World Turns. Okay. She plays Kim, like the big matriarch cuz I'm like I know this face but like older, obviously. Um, she is an actress. She may have dance training. Who knows? But 
this is weird because I do find myself like defending this episode <laughs> when in fact I hated it and had to force myself to pay attention because I'm like every every cell of this is offensive to me. Yes. Because I I get what you're saying about mute female whatever, but she's it's not even that I don't even know that she it's because she's female. How does their civilization work? I'm well, real sketch on the details. Well, because... that's the thing that bugs me about this is that we don't actually get any information about her civilization at all, and she's supposed to be the whole point of this entire... Well, okay, so they're empaths, uh-huh. hence the title of the episode. They can feel other people's feelings. They can feel alien people's feelings by touching them. We have no idea how they actually communicate in amongst their own people. For all we know... They could be, like, humming at some sort of high frequency that only they can hear. They can't hum. They don't have vocal cords. Well, maybe not as we know them. Okay, it makes evolutionarily no sense for them to develop as empaths and nothing else if they aren't using it to communicate. But, okay, they must be using inter-them communication of touching and communicating merely through feelings. Which, in and of itself, is an interesting concept. Yeah. Yeah. Never explored and not important, but... I am very confused as to how they communicate with each other, and what is their civilization? And why is it important that one member of their civilization be willing to give up her life for others in order for the entire civilization to be Can I also note that the idea of an entire civilization of people who, at the very least, have machine knitting, so they must be fairly (laughs) well-advanced technologically. They also are able to create fake bling, so... Yeah, so the entire idea of a civilization developed that far without developing the idea of compassion is completely absurd. Well, I don't know that they don't have compassion. Yeah. And here's the stupid thing, is that they're trying this test, and all of this is about testing to see if she is willing to throw herself under the metaphorical bus for some guy she just met. The state hey, I just yeah. met you, and this is crazy, <laughs> but my life is meaningless. Yeah, the stated purpose of ba- the bald people's test is to prove that she's capable of compassion. It's not that it's compassion, it's self-sacrifice over her own self-interest. Yeah. Which you is must... crazy. And the idea that you can have a civilization that develops to the point that hers at least physically has developed without having those in, like... The species is insane. No, that's fine. I don't think you should have to self-sacrifice continually. No, I think I that's either. a stupid but the basis underlying, of evaluation. But the underlying emotions to all of those actions are self-evidenced by the fact that she exists at all. So. I can have compassion to people without willing to, like, murder myself for them. I yeah. would prefer to find other constructive ways of being helpful. Mm. I, I don't understand their obsession. Also, why is that the metric? Right? I don't understand it. Yeah, because, like, I mean, from what I understand, so the bald-headed aliens in this solar system, there's other civilizations that exist, the sun's gonna go nova, blow up the entire system, and they can save one civilization. Yeah, that's stupid So they're going through, they're going through rigorous emotional testing. Of one. Of one person of per one si- civil- no, not per civilization, just this one. Why aren't they just saving their own civilization and, like, cutting this entire episode and making it irrelevant? Also, how is her proving that she'll sacrifice herself to save a stranger going to facilitate the saving of her planet? What is the mechanism by which this is to be accomplished? Here's the deal. On their stupid checklist of worthy of saving or not is love of life. 
which then they continually undermine by trying to get her to kill herself to save these strangers. And that's the part that I have the huge problem with. If it was someone that she knew or had a bond or it was like a child or something like that yeah. and she was sacrificing herself for the These are fucking strangers. Yeah. And not to say that we don't love strangers as ourselves, but like I am not going to give up my entire life. Like I don't know you. And this is where my part my problem is is because she is a woman and they are men and she is basically instructed to like take accept all of the pain and shit from these men that we have inflicted upon them and destroy yourself in order to advance men. Okay, I am going to actually this is weird. Argue that it isn't a gender thing. I actually mm. don't think it is either. No. I, well, it may not be supposed to be a gender thing, but I read it as a gender thing because she's the only female character in oh, this yeah. episode. It's oh, totally yeah. Absolutely. Sure. Although I, I think the extent to which it is a gender thing is just that they picked a a female person to do this so that we would feel more sympathetic towards Yes, her. because otherwise it doesn't make sense because she no. mostly, the character mostly just sits and watch people be tortured. Yeah. And it's kind of like, huh. And feels really bad about it. Huh. But I think it's interesting... And I don't think it would have made sense to the audience if they had used a male character. It would have no, been that. more interesting if it had been a male character and they yeah. had just been... Kareem disagrees. No, I think it's because she's actually a cypher character, a female who is devoid of what we think of natural feminine feelings. Except at and no point I, was I convinced that she was. No. She's oh, compassionate what? towards them from the second from the they walk moment. in. She's because she's alive. She's interested. She's compassionate. She's clearly distressed by what's happening to them. Because she mostly just cocks her head to the side. She looks very distressed. Like, huh. No, I disagree. I think huh. she's very distressed from the very beginning. Like, at no point am I convinced that she is somehow confused by the idea of pain or suffering. And just well, then it doesn't make any sense it. of what they're trying to no, measure. No, it doesn't make any sense. It's insane. This whole thing is stupid and ridiculous had, and poorly written. Had she been portrayed as actually not caring about what happened to them and had slowly, we had seen her being slowly convinced by, like, Kirk's continual trying to save yeah. her, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that they were worth That would have been more interesting than her just literally lying around being doe-eyed and, oh, no, what's happening? Like, it yeah, was... That's, she, yeah. yeah. No, I, I really, really, really want to break this down before we talk about anything else. What are the aliens measuring? What are they trying to get out of her to determine whether her civilization is worth saving? Like, bottom line, what do they want? They never explain it. It never makes any sense. At they, no point in the episode is that clear. Especially, they also keep changing what they say they're after. I wasn't it's cl never clear. The thing it's that, never clear. The thing that I got towards the end when they ex tried to explain things to Kirk was that they wanted her to be willing to sacrifice, to her, sacrifice life. her life for them, for Kirk and co, to prove that her civilization was worthy of being saved. And the metric is that from she's willing Nova. to kill herself or a stranger. But Spock points out, okay, but even by your stated rule, she's already satisfied that prereq. By offering and being refused. This is crazy It is nonsense. crazy. It makes zero sense. It's a garbage <sighs> episode. And it all, it keeps talking, they keep talking about, oh, she must overcome her self-preservation. Why? At no point does she ever seem to have self-preservation. No, because Her self-preservation is not, I don't she know. Never, she never tries, she doesn't ever seem to fight back. <sighs> no. She doesn't ever actively avoid trying to, like, take away pain. Well, the very first time she goes to do it, like, that's clearly her first instinct is to heal Kirk. But um, she doesn't. And then she stops, and then they, I can't remember who, is it, I think it's Bones, who's like, no, no, you should help him. 
Yeah. And, like, if her self, if her sense of self-preservation was so strong to the point of, like, allowing someone else to suffer and that somehow makes her a bad person, but if it's that deeply ingrained, then some random, rando stranger yelling at you from a force field would not be enough to overcome it. It's and like, really again, She's clearly in distress by the fact that someone she's else She's in distress about the fact that someone else is in pain, which like, is empathy, which I think, honestly, would be enough as that's a what marker empathy means. of civilization yeah. that you should be allowed to continue. Yeah. I don't understand what they're, they're... Like, and it's very frustrating because Kirk and McCoy and Spock are falling over each other to sacrifice their lives yeah. for each other. Yeah. Falling over themselves. And the aliens are like, well, isn't that great? But... Fuck all of you. You have to die to prove a point? Yeah, I don't... I, I, get it I can't figure this out. Because and she clearly... Furious. Her, like, never mind an emotional or an intellectual reaction. Her clear, like, physical, like, instinct is to cause herself pain to protect other people. It's clearly an impulse. That she doesn't, that she doesn't she, indulge, though. Which is fine. Not the first time, but immediately after that. She takes very little convincing. And then every time after that... She, she goes and helps. Yeah. Mostly because Kirk is super handsome. At cost to herself. It, I, so I don't understand what they're trying to prove that's already been proven by what they actually tell us. Their scientific method is very flawed. Well, it's not. That's the thing. It's not the scientific method, which is what really no, bugs me about it's, it. It's, like, it's literally torture porn. Yeah, they're indulging in torture like, porn. It's just torture Even porn. Even if you're doing a program evaluation, you start with your stated goals and you match your outcomes to what you want your also, goals Also, one person is not a reasonable sample size. It's crazy. This is I mean, an invalid It's study. because she's mute Jesus. She, I mean, for all they know, she could, she could be the Mother Teresa of their planet, willing to sacrifice herself but for anything. But we never know that. Straight up yeah. Or she could be like, I don't know, the most selfish, narcissistic member of this community that but ever there's lived. there's no way for us to know that, because at no point in this episode are we given any information about her, her culture, the, the more she might be trying to overcome. What the fuck? happened to the other two guys who are in formaldehyde yeah like what she I, what did she not do uh, so that they died i uh what did the aliens <laughs> do that they died well the thing is that they say it's their own weaknesses that killed them which makes me think it well because fear is the mind all. killer as we know yeah sure since i'm rereading dune and but like <laughs> the way i interpreted jessica that. anyways yeah the way jessica. i interpreted that was that they turned, like, the pain machine up too high. They don't the have a pain machine. People. They point at him. But well, anyways, I like, I hear you, hear you. Yeah. Like, like, there was too much that their pain. their experiment was wrong the first t- two times. No, they keep saying it was their fault that yeah. they died. Yeah. Well, what so, they, no, what they say is that their own weaknesses, their own flaws killed them, which I interpret as, oh, well, we had the pain machine turned up too high. Whoops, our bad. We need more test subjects. No. It, well, look, the blame was I'm supposed sorry. to be on them. Well, sure. But they're they're saying it like, oh, it's clearly not that we're terrible scientists. No, it's because they didn't... Remember how in the beginning, I'm going to just, like, extrapolate wildly from this. Um, They're trapped in their little science dome, and they're, like, snipping at each other, like, I hate this planet. I can't wait to get off. Biblical verse of you, bro. Um, I feel like it's supposed to say that they didn't love each other enough <laughs> to sacrifice e- themselves to give her the example so that she could learn her empathy so that they could let her See, go now, and save her planet. Now I'm kind of sad about these two guys because, I mean, they're obviously married. Why else would you agree to be stationed with one other person in, like, a crappy space outpost? And now it's sad. Again, like, if Starfleet HR was doing their job, yeah. it should not be two randos. No. It should definitely be people who have been tested, because it's a very small dome. Well, like, I I kept thinking of, like, that, I think it's a private uh, space development company that was trying to recruit people for the Mars mission. It's like, we prefer older married couples... <laughs> 
Because if you were going to kill each other, you probably would have done it by now, was the underlying rationale. Like, so I just assumed that these guys were married. And, and that all, almost makes this, like, a sad, emotion-filled yeah. episode. Those poor guys. I, it is. Like, no one deserves that. No one deserved this episode. I... I, I found it so hard to pay attention. Because I was like, no I started like pulling out my phone and being like, eh, okay, yeah, I'm gonna get this. Like, he is slow mo falling for years. Every time they did a pan into her face oh, of her looking oh. wide eyed, and, and I'm trying to make the expression, but no one can, no one no. who is listening to this can see me. But the the no, wide eyed facial expression where she tips her head and. Stares into the camera and oh, I hate her acting so much. I wanted to punch her in the face. I'm I wanted sure to it's say, not her fault. Stop that! Stop that now! I have at least three notes in here saying this acting is not good. <laughs> um, I feel like in the hands of a better, oh, not, mm, an actress I, with a different direction, it yeah, could have been a little what bit I interesting. It's like, what are they telling her to do? Because she's not conveying enough information that we. I mean, it is the mystery of like, oh, why are they, why are they doing this? Yeah. Which is a stupid mystery. But. It's a stupid mystery. We have to be willing to follow her through line. Yeah. Enough that we care about her. And in fact, I, like Kim, wanted her dead. I'm like, oh, if a well, giant axe Well, I had no idea why she was there or what her, like. And she didn't seem concerned. I thought she seemed distressed, but it wasn't no. like, it wasn't a complicated <gasps> distress. Did it we... was, I thought like, she's an empath, she can't help but feel distress. Because they're in pain. To be quite honest, partway through this episode, I began to question, is she on the alien side? And this I is part like of the test? Was. I thought she was going to turn out to be part of the test that they were using on Kirk and whatever. For a while, I was convinced that actually she was masterminding this entire thing <laughs> and that she that, was the boss. I remember thinking that the first time I saw this episode. I hoped that she was the boss. It would have made it a hell of a lot more interesting. Is that she feeds off of, like, human distress, which... Fine. That's an easy plot to get through. I can, I can, I, I, even after all this discussion, I still don't understand what was going on. And the denouement of all of it is Spock just essentially goes over to them and is like, stop. That even like, meaningless. Oh. It's all meaningless. Oh yes, we should stop. It's all one big literal explosion of meaningless. Which handily is where we begin because there's a star going Nova. Sure. Okay. I have a complaint already. Yeah, um, hit me. They have, supposedly, they have a, a study outpost on a moon orbiting a planet in a system where the star is going nova, is about to go nova and kill everyone. Yes. Fact. Yes. If the star was this close to going nova, every single livable planetary body in the system would already be unlivable. There would no longer be a surface, there would no longer be atmospheres on any of these worlds, everyone would already be dead. There would be no ticking clock because everyone would already be dead. Uh that's our science fact for the day. Yeah. My question is, why isn't the Federation evacuating these people? And why didn't they do it thousands of years ago when surely they first saw the first signs that the star well, was going nova? You know, humans, way out. Humans haven't had space flight for thousands of years. No, but they've had it for hundreds of years. Like 150 at this That's point? a long time. Why aren't they evacuating? That's a good question. Yeah. Like, if Starfleet knows that this is happening and knows that there's all these civilizations, like, apparently... Yeah. Why long hasn't enough, this been done? Long enough to have a space prefab of scientists to study the star going nova. Like, you know millions of years out that a star is going nova. This pissed me off in the stupid reboot movie, too. It's like, I'm sorry, Romulus would have known for a really long time that their star was going to go nova. In fact, the entire period 
that we have seen Romulans in the entire franchise of Star Trek, they would have known their star was about to go Nova, and it's never mentioned until the reboot movie? So maybe we're to assume that they are pre-space flight, and thus the Prime Directive Entirely possible. Maybe. It has to. But, but those clearly aliens those aliens seem those, But those are the only ones with enough, like, get up and go to be able to do anything. They're the only one with the advanced enough technology I'm also not in the entire system. I'm also not convinced that they should be obeying the Prime Directive in this case. Well, we have many episodes of uh, The Next Generation that deal with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Worf's brother? Oh, yeah. And they he do d- evacuate them. Worf's brother definitely kidnaps an entire civilization yep. to save them. Good job. Yeah. I, I always think that is a very interesting conflict within the Star Trek universe mm-hmm. of like the difference between humanitarian and... I honestly, I can't, I cannot condone just leaving millions of people to die. No, like, it's like, fine, if you can point at it and go, okay, our presence, our interference would cause harm, but it's like, oh, but if harm is definitely going to occur regardless, I think you throw the fucking Prime Directive out the window. Well, there's harm and then, like, complete annihilation. certifiable death. Yeah. Yeah. There's an episode, I don't remember how it goes or whatever, but there's an episode where Data has a, I think it's like a pen pal he calls it or something oh, yeah. and it's like a little girl that he's been talking to over subspace radio because she's like crafted something and like their planet explodes or something and he wants to go rescue her but I think they're not I don't remember they're having the tectonic details. issues where they're having like fatal earthquakes that are going oh, to destroy oh yeah it. and they have to yeah. they have to try to figure out a way yeah. to save the planet without actually interfering yeah, yeah. I, yeah. which they were doing anyway if I recall correctly I don't re- like, I don't remember but I know that this this issue does come up a lot in next gen yeah. so they save other planets a bunch of times at least a few times in cases where the civilizations were pre-warp and they'd have to do it on the sly is interference really that bad well the thing is that interference the prime directive specifically refers to interference in a in a civilization's cultural development it doesn't actually reference saving a civilization from natural disaster but as soon as you reveal yourself that, hey, I've got a spaceship, like, it would change things. Well, sure, but you would As be... the 1990s-based episode of STNG proved, that is when true. everyone has, like, shoulder pads for miles. Yes. Yeah. But on the other hand... Oh, the, oh, the Voyager episode. Yeah. No. No, the, they don't the go to the 90s and next, in next Yeah, generation. it's another planet, but it's essentially, like, it's the, the planet 90s. of the 90s. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. where, with the, um, what's the actress name who plays Lilith in Frasier? Her. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> like, I cannot wait for us to well, talk. That was, oh, my I, God. Those That's were the mitten people. The bit, sure. yeah, the yeah. bit where she wants to bang Riker is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The mitten Great people. Where the, where the nurse sexually assaults Riker again. Unfortunately, <laughs> we're not at that episode. <laughs> Sadly we're not. in this system. Yeah. So they are beamed down to what I would like to now term a D&D planet. Sure. Deserts and domes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the Manera. Manera. The star is called Manera, and sure. they're on a moon orbiting the second planet, I think. It's not important. Sure. <laughs> you care about this a lot more than I do. <laughs> Yes. Um, and they find that the, the science station that's supposed to have two scientists in it that they're evacuating because the star's about to go Nova, they'd already be dead. Objection? Yeah. In this dome, they've been gone for, I don't... Like, Not that long. A week. Yeah. It is covered in a million zeros worth of dust. I know. It a million years. It looks like they've been gone for five years. When Kirk falls Decades. over, he creates a dust angel yes. on the yes. ground, and also when they, he, like, blows on a piece of wood... A giant smog yeah. cloud erupts on the set that lingers for about five minutes. I mean, maybe this planet has sandstorms. I did not dust my house for six months and it didn't look that no. bad. <laughs> no. And then there were like cob. It was like haunted house. Yes. Yeah. It was like a haunted house. And okay, 
of course the ship has to go because they have to be there. There's a solar flare that's going to last There's 70, a solar storm. 74 hours? Something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, something Not ridiculous. important. Here's the deal. Scotty's like, well, I'm going to beam you guys up immediately and then we can go. No, says Kirk. No, I'll stay here. On the planet that's been abandoned mysteriously with no supplies. Yeah. No food. No, no water. They have no food or water. I don't yeah. even know if they're wearing phasers at this point. They have phasers. Ugh. They have phasers Sorry. and tricorders, but no water. The only thing I can come conclusion I can come to here is Kirk was like, yes, 74-hour orgy with my bros. <laughs> well, I mean, there are certain the parts best. at the end of this episode that... Uh, uh, so yeah. they're like, oh, here's this convenient tape of what happened. Yes. Excellent camera work on this diary entry that's supposed to be just a recording of their station quest. Because not only is there straight shots, yeah. there are close-ups yeah. and zoom-ins. Oh, yeah. I love the zoom-ins. So ins. what happens in the record tape is there's an awful sound, they clutch their heads as though they're in pain, and then they blip out with a flash of light. This yeah. is not important except that it shows where they like they disappear. It's not important at I have a question. Yeah. They pick up the record tape off of a table. Yeah, yeah. How do you get, get out of there? Yeah. I assume it's like um, those Rube Goldberg machines where like, <laughs> and then something spits out. There's a secret Rube Goldberg machine somewhere? Along with a cameraman who's doing zoom shots. My VCR would automatically eject things after they had been rewound. But would it but would spit it, them out on the floor? Like a no. mirror away from the, the machine that <laughs> no. does the playback? No. Well, no. surprise, surprise, the same thing happens to them. Yeah. And they end up in a big, dark room. <laughs> they end up on a soundstage. Oh, oh hell yes. It is just a black soundstage. God, the sets must have been so cheap for this. I, I, part of what I love about original series is sometimes, like, the bit of, like, renegade independent film spirit where they're just like, well, we have no cash, so we're just going to use no sets. And turn off the lights. And we'll paint triangles on the floor and... Done. Done. It's the same spirit in which they constructed half of a western town. Yeah. (laughs) Which actually was very effective. It was. But yeah, they're clearly on a soundstage. So here's where... And it took me a while into the episode to realize that the Baldies are, what are they called? The Viants? The Baldies. Yeah. Are manipulating their sensors because they they detect things when it is convenient to the plot. And they actually exclaim over how weird it is. They didn't detect these things before. So first, they detect, and definitely not human, but humanoid. Yeah. That away. Sure. And they head off and they find... The Land of Triangles. Yeah. On... I also want to go back to the set design. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because... The theatrical lighting that is going on through all of this is great. They've got, obviously, some overhead pink and red hues, which Mm -hmm. makes it look, like, very mysterious. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite parts of this episode, or just my favorite because nothing else is going for it, is there a part where Shatner is kind of in in a darker set, steps forward, clearly waits for a moment and looks a little bit off camera like what the fuck and then this light comes on and he steps <laughs> forward and I was like ah <laughs> he was waiting for his lighting he was cue. waiting for his lighting cue which I love yeah. and I love it when they do something really good and alien with nothingness because there's this great sense of of open space, but maybe not open space. Yeah. It, the room feels like it could be very, very large mm-hmm. or very, very small. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. the wall could just be right there. You just can't see and it. And it can turn into anything. Because mm-hmm. in a way, it kind of does. Because they go into Triangle Land, and they've got this, like, IUD-shaped bed <laughs> that she is on. Yeah. Um, it looks really comfortable, actually. Disagree. Disagree. And no, the big cushion, it's like... She, no. she looked comfortable. No. no. Um, and then there's this weird crystalline structure 
thing. Thing? It's not important. We'll go with, like, why would they bother putting sculptuaries? I assumed it had a functional purpose we just weren't grasping because we're lowly humans. The aesthetic. Oh, and I dug the aesthetic. <laughs> I was like, I could hang here. You know what this actually, this set made me think of was the holodeck. Because, like, the way they explain the holodeck in, like, the very first episode, like, the wall's actually right there, but you can't see it. And as you move towards it, the environment shifts around you, so you never actually hit the wall because it's messing with light. There's also about eight light bulbs hanging from very long strings. Yeah. Just over the bed. I love this. Yeah, it was very clever. Because I'm not going to give any points to costume. I'm not going to give any points to makeup. They can go fuck themselves. Pico agrees. Pico is not welcome to contribute to this podcast. (laughs) Pico is the dog. Um... (laughs) I'm giving no points to acting, except for Shatner. Sorry, spoiler alert, you guys. Shatner is always getting it. Because of <laughs> his slow-mo fall that takes, on average, about ten minutes, I assume. God. Um, was glorious. It's like an open-mouth fall. But I will give full marks to the set design. <laughs> well, sure. Fine, that's fair. Yeah. So, I so. Yeah. So, uh, Kim, do you want to take her outfit? Yes, I do, because mm. it's a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> so, to start out, she I thought it was just tights, but it turns out she's no. wearing a full blue bodysuit mm-hmm. from... No, she's not wearing shoes at all no, in the episode. No. She's just wandering around in her stocking. Because she's Jesus. Yes. Uh, so, it's just blue tights that go all the way up into, like, a bodysuit. The word you're looking for is leotard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Leotard. I was thinking more of those, like, crazy bodysuits with the c- complete head coverings, like the green guys that come Morph suits? suits? Yeah, morph suits. <laughs> no, this was like Leotard. That. Except it didn't have a hat. Anyway, then I thought it was a dress that she's wearing, except that she stood stood up, and I understood the full nature <laughs> of the fucking purple lace poncho. Ooh. Poncho, people. There are no sides. It is just a neck with it comes down her arms and down her front and body. It is completely open on the sides. It is an enormous poncho. And I cannot stress enough the word poncho. It is bedazzled to within an inch of its life. There are jewels everywhere. She's got this, like, giant... She's encrusted. She's got this, like, giant jewel, like, neck piece thing happening. Um, it is, uh... Something. Visual. Mm. It, It also looks very... Strange and feminine. Yeah. It looks, it's very, very feminine in this very stark, bare, minimalist set design. Yeah. So it, that is interesting. It was interesting, and I thought I thought the pop of color of her against the black. Pop. Oh, pop of color. The colors are actually, I like, the whole outfit is terrible, but I like the colors. Like, I like the, I, not the purple, I like the blue, I think is what I liked. Well, also the fact that she doesn't have any shoes on makes her seem kind of childlike. Yeah, plus the unblinking stare. Like, yeah. I, I think she's supposed to be innocent and blank. That's, yeah. that's what she is. Yeah. I kept trying to get a look at the bottom of the feet of the tights to see how dirty the set was. Because <laughs> there, again, there's been a couple of times when Shatner falls, and there is just, Dust like, angels. a body outline yeah. Yeah. of where he was. We yeah. don't really see the bottom of her feet that often. No. I did notice that while she's running outside, she has shoes on under the tights. Ah. Oh, I did not notice yeah. that. Because nice. I was wondering, I'm like, that can't be... Oh, I see the outline there. I see what you did there. My favorite part about her entrance into this episode is that she is napping, I guess. Mm-hmm. Bones take a look and it's like, oh, she looks harmless enough. He learned nothing. What? She could have razor blades for fingers and a forked tongue. That she had laser eyeballs. You know nothing about 
out her just by looking at her. You know nothing, Dr. McCoy. Mm-hmm. That was super sexist. It's just like, oh, it's it just a lady. It was. Ugh. Yeah. Um, and then she wakes up and... Kirk literally says, we're not going to hurt you while pointing a phaser at her face. (laughs) This is my first instance of, this actress is not good. Um, We get, he's trying, McCoy starts scanning her, Mm -hmm. and the tricorder looks like a slot machine, where it's kind of spin, 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 and it comes up with, she's a mute and two cherries. (laughs) (laughs) They immediately start extrapolating about, ah, it's a race of mutes. The thing that got me here is like, they're just talking about her in yeah. front of her. Yeah. Like, you have no idea if she understands you. You no. have no idea if she can hear, if she no. understands. Like, yeah, they had this whole conversation before Kirk even talks to her. Um, Try she, saying yeah. hi, you assholes. Not, like, even a wave. But, again, she doesn't She doesn't care. No. She does not care. Well, again, in thinks, the hands of a better actress, she could be, like, interested. Well, she flinches back from, like, she thinks that they're going to hurt her, which is why Kirk says, we're not going to hurt you and points a phaser at her. Spock tells us she couldn't have evolved on this planet, so she's also, like, not from here. Why? Uh, and what part of the Tri-Carter settings is that on? I, I don't know. Not important. They've detected stupider things. With, but um, she's not a telepath, because she's not sending out any messages, no. so she's just receiving them? Kirk asks her if she's the one who brought them here, or she just flinches some more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we get a bunch of stuff about... I actually found this vaguely interesting when, you know, they're talking about her and scanning her, and we, like... Oh, there's all these other telepathic species, which was a nice little bit in the background for two and a half seconds. I'm glad you got something. My fa- my definite moment for here was McCoy's like, well, let's call her Jen. Yeah. And he's like, well, it's better than Hey You. Not by much. No, it really isn't. Jam. 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 Yeah. Did you guys spell that with a J or a G? I totally did spell it like uh, with a J E M as in Jim, just with an E, but I'm pretty sure it's with a G. Oh, see, if I was to spell it with a J, it would have been like Jem the cartoon. Jem and the rock. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I I heard it as G because. Get it together, Kim. What the hell? Yeah. No, I I heard it as a G gem because she's covered in them. Me. So these weird sparkle cape crinkle mouths show up. I wrote yeah. them down as baldy glitter robes. I call them the, the big headed aliens in the silver sack dresses. <laughs> All of these are accurate. Show up holding repurposed vacuums. Oh my god. And I guess they start talking. I yeah. immediately just started looking at those light bulbs again. They start obfuscating, is what they do. So they have this like rainbow. Force field. Oh, one thing before we talk about the rainbow force field is that they knock Kirk down with the blaster thingies, the vacuum cleaners. Yeah. Uh, he leaves wet handprints on the ground. It's so it's gross. The dust. I, I was don't... hoping it was the dust, but then actually, as you mentioned, I'm like, there wasn't that much dust on the stage, so it's got to be just like body sweat. It's gross. Which is fair, because thinking about if that is theatrical lighting, it would be hot as hell. But yeah, yeah. there was a lot of sweat, like visible handprints. It's gross. So yeah, anyways, the rainbow connection Nothing is... they say makes any sense. No, Literally not. not important. There's a rainbow force field that does stop them, and if they struggle, then it gets stronger. That was, <sighs> that was an interesting thing that I liked, is that they, they fight the force field, the force field just uses their own body strength against them and gets stronger. I would that, love to see the math behind that. Yeah, but I thought it was an interesting idea. I guess... Um, so she magically takes away a cut on Kirk's forehead. Yeah, because they leave and he's like, 
hit his head on the ground or something. That was when they first, when he falls off the ladder because in an earthquake, the first thing that he does is immediately tries to climb a bunch of stairs. Yeah, because he's very sensible. And then falls down. Yeah. And she heals the cut on his forehead. Okay, she doesn't heal it. She takes it and then it disappears into the universe. So... I've actually, this this is a fairly common, like, fic thing, which makes much more sense now. I know it's a fan-submitted episode. Mm-kay. The idea that you take on someone else's injuries and then you heal them in yourself, it's pretty common. But she heals them instantaneously, and that yes. doesn't make any sense. No, but, you know, it's in a lot of, like, Teen Wolf fic like a that lot, is a lot. not a basis for anything. No, it's not, but it is a very common thing in fan fiction, which makes more sense now that I know it's a fan submitted script. Um, but yeah, apparently this conclu- leads them to conclude that she must be an empath. Not what I not what, know empaths, what empaths do. do. Well, it's also partly because I think all of my notions of empaths come from Deanna Troy, who is a, not a telepath. That's where everyone's empath. notions of empaths yeah. come from. Where also, she can underst- the word empath. Where she's just very attuned and understands and can sense people's emotions. Yeah. But that's what the word is. She can't. Yeah. So that follows. I don't. It's not important. No. It's not important. No, because they're about to take a hand-holding walk through the set. Yeah. Yes, they hold hands through the darkness. There's a lot of hand-holding. A lot. Every time they need to go somewhere, they just grab Jen by the hand. It's also very childish. Yeah, it's a childlike way to treat her because, like, I was traveling with my nephew this summer, (laughs) and I tried to get him to cross a parking lot, and he says, I can't, I'm not even seven. (laughs) He wouldn't go without hand-holding. How would you feel if her role was played by a young child? I think it would have made a hell of a lot more sense in the discovery of empathy, because children are extremely self-centered. Children are essentially psychopaths until we teach them not to be. Yeah, Yeah. I think think if it had been a child, it would have been would have made more sense with what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except it would have made less sense because children are not a good indicator of what the adult people in a civilization are like. Mm. Because all children are psychopaths. Mm. So they take a hand-holding walk through the darkness, find a bunch of scientific equipment, and the missing scientists. My favorite part about this is that they... <laughs> the they labels? Have... The yes, labels! <laughs> the labels! They have these giant... I don't even know what to call them. Test tubes? Test tubes? Human test tubes? Yeah. yeah. That are sealed. And they've got their names. Yeah. <laughs> In a beautiful font, yeah. labeled on the front, like, who these people are when they go in. And they've already pre-made the tubes for Kirk yeah. McCoy and Spock. Spock. They're so organized. Why do that? Like, why hold on to them in these horrible, like, grotesque poses? Fear and, is the mind killer. Yeah. And there, then, There's your receptacle of death. Yeah. Oh, that's what we're going to do. But that's the thing is that these guys are not fucking scientists. Because the next thing that happens is they appear to, like, taunt them and tell them their own imperfections killed them. By the way, now we need to test on you and probably kill you. Um, The whole thing is clearly, this is terrible scientific method because they're interfering in the experiment. Like, everything that they do when they show up is designed to sort of, like, sort of coax everyone involved into doing what they want. So really, they're actually interfering in their own experiment, even though they're telling the Enterprise people not to interfere. So they're, they're really actually spoiling their data and skewing yeah. their results. <laughs> Incredibly Which is very skewed. topical, I think. Yeah. Because Kirk grabs her by the hand. Because, I again, there is a lot of hand-holding in this episode. They run out into the D&D area. Oh, yes. They, Kirk distra- distracts Baldi so that Spock can nerve-pinch him so they can grab his weapon. 
but it's all a trick. It's yeah. clearly a trick. And my favorite part is there's this great shot of oh, Scotty yeah. waving like a loon yeah. in front of the dome as they like rush towards him. Oh, he's got yeah. the big grin on his face and it's yeah. just like... If you had just been kidnapped by crazy evil alien scientists, this is exactly what you'd want to this see. Is like during We're that. here to rescue yeah. you. So when they go back up to the surface and there's a storm, mm. this still bugs me because this actually is what a solar storm would do to the surface of a planet. But again, everyone would already be dead. But fine. Everything goes down into slow-mo. Yeah. They all rush off to go find Scotty, who's obviously a fake, because no human being has made that smile willingly. Never. Kirk clocks the two aliens and is like, I'm going to go show them a fucking piece of my mind. Yeah, he sends everyone else on. And goes to confront them, but instead spends the next 72 hours <laughs> falling onto the ground with his mouth open, like, very sexily and very dirtily. And yeah, I just wrote this as he gets zapped into slow-mo. Um, yeah, this makes no sense at all, because, like, this is, I don't know what, what end this is intended to, what goal this is because meant to Because she achieve. can't see this. No. Because Kirk makes a deal with them. Yeah. Saying, let them go, and I'll be your test subject, whatever. Yeah. And they're like, that's fine, except... LOL, no. Except they don't. No. They I zap th- everyone back to the lab. So what the fuck was that meant to accomplish? What was that meant to prove? Escape is futile. Was it just like him demonstrating that he would sacrifice himself for the others? Well, see, this is the part of the oh, thing. Oh shit, that actually does make sense. Well, but part of this is oh, this, this is their test. This is their test, and because they needed her to witness him saying, "I'll stay, let them go." She doesn't see it, but no, they... she sees that. She sees that conversation because that's after they've come mm. back to find out what happened to the captain after Scotty mm. and the search party have disappeared because they weren't real in the first place. It would also make sense if she was the queen of her people. Yeah. It would, but I still learning don't buy how, that. Learning, like, the leadership that her life is not so much important as the life of her entire civilization is. Yes, yeah. but we never get that information. If she is the leader of She does of have a people, lot of bling. She does have a lot of like, bling. Like, maybe it's supposed but to be no a visual shoes. cue that we're not picking up. Why doesn't she have shoes? They have very soft grass. Also, if she is the queen, she has no need to walk. She can be carried about on a planican. Mannequin? Palaquin. Here they come on a She's planet. on a giant chair carried by slave boys. Sedan. Also, it... Could just be a mattress planet. Maybe. We don't That's know. possible. Maybe they live underground in caves or tunnels of Maybe it's kind. all trampolines. Oh, that's and That'd be the best from place to place. That would explain her extremely graceful falling. And the poncho. Oh, yeah. Okay. For freedom sure. of movement. If they had just said she's the leader of her people, it would, she's everything, the leader of the trampoline people. Everything would make much more sense. <laughs> I am the trampoline queen! <laughs> yeah, so, okay, fine. They do this whole thing to maneuver Kirk into offering to sacrifice himself so that she knows what it looks like. There is a great moment back on the ship where Scotty is like, ah, oh, yeah. space. And Sulu's like, well, the storm went on like four hours longer than it should okay. have. Should we be worried? And Scotty's like, fuck no. Okay, here's another thing that really bothered me about this one bit is that if they can predict solar storms, which they can, which we can't do, we can't predict solar storms. Like there's a whole Stargate thing about how you can only know how long solar storms are when they're going to happen in the past, and the only way they manage to predict a solar storm so they can time travel is by him sending a message back in time with them, right? Hmm. We can't predict when solar storms are going to happen or how long they're going to be. Mm-hmm. We do not have that technology, but they clearly yes. do because they... Yeah, but what I'm saying is they do have that technology, which means they'd be able to... Th- th- it shouldn't be possible for it to be longer than they're anticipating, which... I thought was implying that the Baldies were somehow manipulating the solar storm. Yes, but also who cares? Um, well, it means that they're allowing the sun to go nova. 
No, it's not going Nova. It's just a storm. It's it is a going Nova. They it, say at the beginning. The yeah, stars... it is not tomorrow. Mm. I just thought it was a way for them to demonstrate that Scotty really doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> well, when does he? We already knew that. So true. Thus begins the torture porn segment of yeah. this episode, which is going to go on for a while, and I feel it's like not we important. can gloss over. They string very some people up by the wrists quickly. and torture them. That's it. Kirk is shirtless. Kirk is shirtless. Has to watch. Bones is not. I noticed that. I was like, well, you can't do one and not the other. Like, mm-hmm. don't skimp out on this buffet. Also, they did not cover his nipples with makeup this time. No, man nipples are appropriate. But in previous instances where no, he is No, I've definitely seen his nipples because I've definitely but, been looking but for But several them. times they have covered them they, with makeup. They're sort of inconsistent about when they yeah. cover. I feel like when it's two nipples, they don't cover them, but when it's only one, they do get covered. <laughs> it is slightly, strangely more provocative when it's just the one. <laughs> I don't know why. Peek! <laughs> so, yeah, it's a lot of manacles and being strung from the ceiling question mark because I don't know whether it actually has a ceiling. Uh, But it is so definitely not William Shatner that it is so great. My favorite part is so muscular. Question mark. He's holding his hands up above his Yeah, the the double is very very muscular. At least his back is seriously ripped. He is very ripped. The best part is is that they do the front facing shots of Shatner where he's just like clearly shirtless and holding his hands up in the air. And I don't think he spent a single minute in a harness because instead, how they create the illusion is that the camera very gently goes forward and backwards yeah. as if he is being strung Swung. up. That's mm-hmm. amazing. So actually, I'm going to give performance of the episode to the director because I thought there was some ve- that was very, very smart. It's quite clever. Um, oh so God. this is a test yeah. to reveal your courage by being tortured and... Yeah, they... For mm-hmm. nonsensical non-reason is what I wrote down. And also, this is stupid. Because after they torture Kirk, they send him back to the other area and trick her into healing him. But the thing is, is Jem is just standing around during this watching. Yeah. And I wrote in here, she sits around looking doe-eyed and sad. And she makes frowny faces. She looks turned on is what she <laughs> looks. Because I was like... <coughs> Surely, like, we'd get some emotion on her face. No, she's like, uh-huh, okay. I did not see that. She's she's just she doing... had basically the same facial expression the entire episode. She's just doing like... her wide-eyed, oh, I'm so sad look that she does every other time you see yeah, her. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Someone puts Kirk's shirt back on before they send Very him thoughtful. back there. Yeah, and then they... she, like, sucks up his pain. Fine? Yeah, sure, Okay. Like, to the point of injuring herself, but not killing herself. And then there's a whole conversation that I suppose is meant to prove the point that the Baldies are making, but fails to do so. That it's like, oh, but could that have killed her? Oh, did she risk killing herself to heal Kirk? It doesn't... Why should she? Why? I was more distracted by the fact that she was using sensual face massage just to heal Kirk. It's not even massage. It's like vague stroking without her fingertips because she what didn't want to mess Reiki, up her... Reiki, where you put your hands <laughs> on uh, yes. Frankly, kind of unsettling manicure. Mm. Um... Then these sparkle aliens give Kirk a choice. Choose either one of your bros to get tortured next. If you choose McCoy, there's an 87, 87, which is a weird number to pull out, uh, percent chance that that McCoy will die. But if we take Spock, there's a 93% chance that he will live, but he will have brain damage and insanity in what is the worst game of would you rather. (laughs) Yeah. So long story short, because please... Um, Kirk says they wanted to know something. 
Spoiler, at no point do we actually understand what it is they wanted no, from no, anyone. No. Um, and Bones first drugs Kirk into unconsciousness. Spock says, oh, good job. Now I'm in charge. I choose me. And then Bones turns around and drugs Spock. McCoy is the most unethical character on this show. But on the <laughs> other hand... Every, remember what I said about everyone falling over each other to commit suicide? Yeah. Yep. This was it. I was like, couldn't we focus our efforts on, like, revamping that weapon that you got a hold of? Or Well, he's doing that too. Here's a suggestion. Spock should attempt a mind meld with the girl yeah. to figure out what the fuck is going At on. At the very beginning. Because, like, literally the only thing Spock does to evaluate whatever kind of psychic or telekinetic or whatever powers she has is look at her and say, well, she's not a telepath. Because she's not trying to talk to me. Because she's not trying to talk to me in my head. Like, does she fucking know that you're a touch telepath there, Spock? Like, the yeah. thing that she does where she touches people mm-hmm. and absorbs their pain? Mm-hmm. Has she touched your hand yet? Do mm-hmm. you know? Fuck, I hate this episode. The other he mind was... melded with a sentient piece of pizza. Like, he could try her out. <laughs> he has she's mind... gotta be easier than that thing. He has mind melded with walls? Yes. Huh? He has mi- he has mind melded with rocks. Mm-hmm. Yes, he has mind melded with was there bubbles of some kind, or round things. There was that kind of weird flying the carpet. Not anyway. There he has done questionable like, things with thing his about, mind. Like if they're like she maybe a computer. He did it with a computer. Yes, yeah, that's true. Ugh. The thing is that talking to her is probably meaningless because there's no reason to believe she understands. Spoken language, but just she doesn't like, have vocal cords. Therefore, her people don't speak. Therefore, she probably doesn't understand. You can language. still communicate without language, like by touching like, her and go using through your her memories. Powers. Yeah, go through her memories and be like, "Where did you come from? Like, How did you get here? What happened to the other two guys? Like, like is there a pattern yeah, to this? They must communicate either through their empathy, like receiving only, or by touching each other. Clearly, she has touch powers of some kind. Yep. There's no reason to believe she understands spoken language. She can't talk herself. So the obvious thing to do is, like, grab her hand. Spock is the only one who never holds hands with her. This is a fucking terrible episode. It makes no sense. I think sense. we can all agree. The best part of it is that McCoy proves himself to be a stone-cold asshole. Yeah. Yeah. For a good cause. He sacrifices himself by putting himself into the sex torture porn harness. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Getting finger pointed to death. Yep. I would have said finger to death, but <laughs> I didn't want to. They, I, there is one little bit while Spock is working on the price check gun before this happens. That's what mm-hmm. I started calling it because that's what it looked like to me. Um, where Bone says, where he's just sort of standing there complaining because he has nothing useful to do. He's like, men aren't meant to live this far underground. It's not natural. And Kirk's like, and space travel is. Yeah, so... I zoned out through all... Oh, that was so That was really boring. the only funny thing. It's great. So, McCoy is sacrificing himself, and they keep mm-hmm. going to her and saying, do you understand? And it's clear that she does not. No, because why would she understand you? But she does cry a single tear, so I guess we get that. Well, because she's still feeling everything, even if she doesn't actually understand She's not feeling his pain. I think she is. Do we know no, she, she is? is not feeling his pain. No, I don't know. She has to touch them to feel the pain. We don't That's know that for true. sure. Yeah. We don't know that the opposite isn't true. Anyway, so whatever, when they get, when Bones comes back from being torture porn. Yeah, 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 yeah. His shirt is completely shredded, like the bottom is Like he was attacked by a tiger. Yes! (laughs) Why is his shirt shredded? It makes no sense. Because how they torture them is by like pointing Pointing their finger at you. Yeah. Which would not affect fabric. No, not as far as I'm aware. Unless they went out of their way to make it look good too. That's also oh. possible, actually. Yeah. If yeah. the point is to create an emotional effect. Yeah. But speaking of not looking good, the makeup that comes back on this. So McCoy is just, like, beat to all 
bottoms. Yeah. Again, I don't understand how this is working unless they have, like, Invisible Finger Tigers. Mm-hmm. Which, come to think of it, is a great name for a band. <laughs> Invisible Finger Tigers? Invisible Finger Tigers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Jem just kind of curls up on the floor. She just sits down and curls up, yeah. Well, she, this is where, like, she's clearly upset by what's happening. Because she's, like, curled up trying not to watch. See, I read it that she knows that she can save him but would prefer not to. Well, the other thing I was thinking of here is, like, we have no idea how long she's been here, if other people have come and gone through here. Has she been, like, sitting here watching, like, 15 different men tortured to death, just wondering when the hell her turn is? This is a very special episode of Wallander, really. (laughs) Christ. Like, it's, when you think about it, horrific of... Them constantly killing people in front of her and saying, do you feel the right thing yet? Do you feel the right thing yet? This is all of your there fault is, of why you're dead. No yeah. reason to believe she has, understands any of this because... Well, imagine if you got kidnapped by people who didn't speak your language and they keep, like, killing people in front of you and you're like, And they're just making incomprehensible noises. What is happening? Why? Assuming, by the way, that she can even hear. Yeah, we don't know. No. We have no idea. Like, there's no reason to believe that she can. But, again... What do you want from me? And then, like, I'm pointed staring at you, like, wouldn't this time be better spent finding a way to communicate with her? Maybe they're a written language. Then, but yeah, or I don't know, like, letting Spock hold hands with her. It makes no sense. This is terrible experimental protocol. They basically just kidnap someone, and then they clearly don't understand them, so they just start doing random things, hoping something will get through. This is very bad. It makes no sense. There, there is this point where we clearly know that the fan writer of this is a Spock McCoy shipper oh, because yeah. Spock goes over to like gently take Bones in his arms and like caress his face. And Once they've both his hair. Well, <laughs> I kind of well, yeah, it's a lot of a substantial amount of emotional display from Spock. Although mm-hmm. I read this more OT three E like movie era beginnings because they're both absolutely like gutted by what they see when they find Bones because they like because he sacrificed himself yeah. for them. Yeah. And they lay, lay him down on the convenient padded bench, and they're both, like, like petting him and, and stroking his hair, and Spock is being very demonstrative. He's also, and this made me think of uh, later movie, like, Spock-Bones interactions, because when Vulcans touch people, it's never meaningless. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'm not arguing with you. It was Because for a second, yes. I thought he was going to initiate a mind meld, and I was like, about bloody time, maybe you could try it with her. Uh, I would have loved Bones' last words to be good bedside manner, Spock. <laughs> yeah, I really liked that bit, actually, like, a lot. At which point we get, I guess, the crisis of the episode where McCoy's definitely dying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not just dying, he's sinking into death or yeah, whatever that means. He has, like, incredible amounts of internal injuries that he himself says, oh no, even we can't fix that. And... Kirk and Spock are like, well, maybe we can get Jem to, like, lend a hand and just, like, get him a little bit less dead Princess Bride style. Just a little bit. Which, by the way, is the sensible, intelligent thing to do. It's like, we definitely don't want you to kill yourself because that would be... Because that's insane. That's insane. And, like, ethically, maybe not the right thing to do necessarily. But just, like, heal him up a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. It's, Yeah. it's It's like, if you're the similar... Like, if you can give... If Some you blood are transfusion. No one expects you to give all of the blood in your body, but you should probably give a little bit. 
And if you are the healer on a D&D group, like, you yeah. don't deplete yourself. You no. give a little bit just to make sure yeah. that they don't die. Because if you die, then you can't help anybody else. Exactly. But there is a certain ethical pressure for you to do something. Which, again... It makes no sense to expect her to kill herself it does, for him. Because Spock and Kirk get rainbow-bridged, and yeah. the aliens show up and say, no, you can't interfere. She has to get over her self-preservation and has to choose to save him for the completion of the test. And not just save him, kill herself to save him. And all they do is, like, go to walk over and, like, somehow ask her. I have no idea how they intend to communicate this. But, and they get Rainbow Bridge. And, yeah, the aliens are like, no, no, no. She has to complete the test. And I'm like, what test? Also, how much of an asshole do you have to be is that there are millions of people on these planets that are about to get Nobud. Yeah. But we're only taking the most deserving. Yeah. Oh my god. That we make jump through complicated, horrible, fleshy hoops. Meaningless, yeah. ineffective hoops. In order to see who are the deserving poor and who are not. Yeah. So, like, the thing that I don't get here is because then <clears throat> she actually goes over to Bones yeah, To heal him with her fa- face massage. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then the aliens are like, oh, this compassion, this is new for her. Like, how no! do you know? We've seen her save Kirk already. Yeah. But then, so she like heals Bones with his face massage, dramatically collapses to the ground. Of course. In, And then the aliens are like, she hasn't healed him enough. She's still saving herself. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. And again, it's like, they have no way of knowing that she wouldn't be willing to sacrifice herself because I don't think they've actually communicated with her. I think they just dropped her in the situation and waited for her to show some sign that they would choose to interpret as the right one. I don't think they're communicating with her at all. So for this makeup, because they do, like, the fade on McCoy and then the the flare-up on her... They strapped her to a board, oh, God. and it took eight hours. Oh, my Poor God. actress. Be- like, and she was unable to move, because that's what, it was, like, stop motion, essentially. Yeah, yeah essentially. Because, like, I mean, it's a cool shot for the era, I guess. Yeah, like, for yeah. sure. It's a very straight on of her face, and you see the, the bruises all come into full flush on her face, and then they all fade right back out. Yeah. And so it's very cool. Eight hours. Eight hours oh, seems yeah. a bit Poor extreme. woman. Like I'm I was, a bit I, yeah, I was very impressed by the effect. I was also impressed by when they did it with like the 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 mark, the ligature marks on the wrists. I watched too many crime shows, but when they had those fade to her and then disappear, it's like great effects. But God, it must have taken. Oh. Yeah. Um, basically, at this point, I was just really angry for the entire rest of the episode. It's like, okay, but these total assholes decided one that this is the one we're going to test. And two, then we're going to sit in completely, like, subjective judgment with, like, to meet standards that we are we have set for whatever reason and not be able to explain why this proves the point and this doesn't. Because they're also like, thanks, guys. You are her teachers. Fuck you. But How do you know she wasn't compassionate before? Unfortunately, she failed. Um, because she stopped before literally killing herself to save Bones. And when she gets up to do it again, Bones says, no, I don't want her to kill herself to save me because that is against my ethics. Yes. I, at which point Spock and Kirk figure out that as long as they just stop feeling things, they can walk through a force field. Yeah. yeah. Well, Definitely Spock's keep like, trying that. Yeah, Spock's like, yeah. okay, if we can cool, if we can, like, calm the fuck down, the force field will stop working. Which it does. <sighs> 
They also were like, Spock's like, wait a minute, I bet you anything the Baldies could definitely heal bones. And they're like, yeah, we totally could. We're not going to, though, because we're monsters. We cannot use our powers to change what is happening. But they made it happen? Yeah. yeah. They manipulated every stage of this so-called they experiment. They did all of this. Yeah. This was so dumb. I'm sorry. This was just it's so, so stupid. All of it, this offends me on everyone's behalf. Because... Like, who the fuck are you to define no, compassion? Well, Kirk does take him to task because yeah. it's like, you have no emotions yourself. You don't live. You're just intellect. Shitty, shitty intellect. Yeah. And Spock points and stop. out that their so-called logic is incredibly flawed. It's like, by your own metric, she's already passed this test. You can't keep moving the goalposts. So their response is, shit, you're right. Yeah. They swoop her up in their arms and do the longest small fade to nothingness I have yeah. ever seen in my adult life. Carry her off into the distance as they continually walk. Fade to black. Further into the black. For years. And that's like, we don't that's know it. what the fuck after happens like, to them. After like, bam, healing bones. And there's no like, well, uh, we looked at this planet and the millions of inhabitants are somewhere else and saved. That must have been it. Yeah. No. Like, nothing. They just go back to the ship and then we get a quip about how emotions save the day, Spock. The end. And some weird-ass allusion to the Pearl of Great Price. Yes, because we haven't, at this point, we haven't yet in this episode, like, completely objectified her into an object. Okay, I'm gonna take a short Google break. Um, because isn't that, that's another biblical thing. Pearl of Great Price, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And Scotty's like, yeah, she sounds like a real hot broad. And they're like, yeah, she was great. Of great? Yeah, she was the perfect woman. She didn't talk, and all she did was try and understand men to please them. Oh, yeah. it's So it's a Bible-y thing. Of course it is. It is one of the parables of Jesus. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchantman seeking goodly pearls, <laughs> who, when he had found one of one pearl of great price, went... And sold all that he had and bought it. So that's what heaven is? Is the the, the pearl that you will... S- oh, so I see. <laughs> I was like, ah, like, pearls are fine, but then you don't have anything else. It's the, only bi- the only other Bible verse I know about pearls is uh, cast not ye pearls before swine lest they turn around and rend you or something. I assume that means you'll be strangled with your pearls. Don't give the don't give the raging hordes your nice stuff because okay. they'll just turn around and kill you. If the parable is supposed to be like you have to decide what's valuable and then give up everything else you think is slightly less valuable it's, in it's, order to have oh, it. No, 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 no. It's giving everything up, like giving all your otherworldly possessions to acquire heaven. Yeah, but that doesn't make sense in this because nothing that is happening for her is heaven. It's survival. It's not the same thing. It's also. She's not acquiring a vague, possibly. It's not about her afterlife. acquiring. It's that she's no. the woman that you would sell everything to get because she's so great. Yeah, but that makes no sense in context with the rest of the episode. She's like, not that is, great. She does nothing. This is a weird left turn at the end of the episode. That's like to to value her. Except her whole value throughout the episode is that she's representative of something that is like vague and non tangible. So, she's Jesus. Oh, this she's is so Jesus. Stupid. I was right. She's Jesus. Oh my god. Oh, she's Jesus. Jesus. Fuck. She is. Ah, she's fuck. the pearl of great price because she's all she's willing to sacrifice herself so that others may attain salvation. 
But she's supposed to be the merchant, not the pearl in that case. She's, no, 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 no. They say continually, she is the pearl. Yeah, but that doesn't make any sense. Because the pearl is what she's meant to accomplish after no, making no, the sacrifice. No, Ari, 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 Ari. She is the pearl. But no one's sacrificing to acquire her. She's making the sacrifice. Yes. Yeah, but she's the thing that all of them would be willing to, to give up everything to acquire her. Why? Because she's great. And her leotard is real fancy. But that makes zero sense. No. Because she's the one who's supposed to be making the accomplishment in this episode. No. They refer to her in the conversation. At the end of the episode, the yeah. pearl. I'm saying this conversation is completely out of context with the rest of the episode. I'm saying that this conversation is bullshit. Yeah. Yes. It's nonsense. I don't, oh, no wait. Sense none, none of us are disagreeing here. No, 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 no. That was just bullshit. No, no. Yes. But, it, but this conversation is random and makes no sense in context with the episode. Uh, yes. No, it doesn't. Because she is mute Jesus. <laughs> She is mute Jesus, and she has brought salvation to her people. I guess by some mechanism that now they will go and magically save through one her goodness and compassion and willingness to sacrifice. Like, did herself. they only have enough batteries to save one planet? They, I think, I assume they only had enough spaceship to do one go. I'm sorry. Okay, in order nonsense. to be Jesus to me, you really do have to die and then come back three days later. She is not done. No. Well, it's you the, also have to save everyone. <laughs> Everyone. No. Only Even the people who don't want to be saved, as I understand the mythos, I'm not, like, an expert, but... Yeah, you're wrong. Um, but, oh, I actually kind of like this now. Oh, Corrine, get out. No. <laughs> no. You are forbidden from liking this episode. We have to end this now. Before she changes her mind. Yeah, we're not doing this, because I am not turning oh, around. Oh, like this the Inquisition, no! and then the three thieves that are also given no. their chance of salvation. No. Oh, oh, stop talking. No, this is a beautiful biblical stop metaphor. Stop it. I refuse. I take it all back. There it's are great. no... No, absolutely not. Okay. Okay, I'm taking over if you don't do performance of the episode. There are no performance of the episode. Absolutely. I'm, I'm giving it to Nimoy. No! Yes. I'm giving it to no one. <laughs> Thank you, Kim. I'm giving it to Nimoy. Abstain. For that one, like, forehead touch moment. No. Because Anyone I like can it when grasp they're... a forehead. Yeah, but he never does, and I like it when they're friends. Yeah. You're talking about the actual characters, not a performance that an actor is doing. It was convincing. That he convincingly touched his forehead. And actually cared about McCoy? Yes. Well, he did reach that. his hand out and place it on a forehead, so acting accomplished. I disagree. No performance of the episode. No one deserves anything for this. No. Nope. Not a single, uh, except nope. for the camera person who was doing the weird like, trick with the back and forth. Uh, life lesson? Question mark? To be gained by this? Uh, we're gonna go with Ari first. Oh, Jesus. I don't know. Oh, Jesus, indeed. <laughs> That's no life Jesus. lesson! No Ari. Jesus! Um, life lesson. That's a good question because I couldn't think of one because this episode was terrible. What did I learn about life? Um... Don't fucking sacrifice yourself. I agree. Like, self-preservation is not a vice. Your no. life is meaningful. Even if you can help people and you can give of yourself, but your life also has value beyond what you give to other people. That is Absolutely. my life lesson. That's very profound. It's opposite of what the episode is trying to tell us, but that is my life lesson. Because this was a stupid episode. Uh, we should all practice empathy. That's a good one. I like that one. Practice empathy, but making sure to take care of the self. That's yeah. good. Ari just looks really traumatized right now. Being more technologically advanced than someone else does not qualify you to sit in judgment over whether or not they deserve to be saved. It's it's this is all the deserving poor stuff. Yeah, so there oh, are deserving poor, so and then much. there are poor that are just like lazy that are there. Be in the words Being of poor, one, is really a choice. More of a choice, really, said oh. Carson. 
literal human beings about to be in charge of the fates of others. <gasps> and yet, at this moment, this is still more infuriating because it's too late to stop it. Oh. Okay. Death count. Two people died. Oh, yeah. Those two scientists. Plus the millions of people who are about to be explodinated. Yeah. But they haven't explodinated yet, so I don't have to count them. That's true. Uh, Are your counts? Uh, Three women, three people of color. Three women? Three women. Which three? Are you sure? Two ladies on the Enterprise that we see in the background, and uh, three people of color. Oh. I I feel like your background Sorry, two on the Enterprise and Jem. I understand why you count the background people. I count them. I feel like it artificially inflates the number of women who are actually involved in this. Well, we we (laughs) we specifically discuss women who have speaking parts, so they're not getting like less consideration just because. And there are still always way less women in the background than men, with very few exceptions. So I'm going to continue making an accurate count if it's okay with you. Oh no, it's fine with me. Yeah. Well. So this was a giant steaming pile of crap, and I'm super glad it marks the halfway point in the last season of original series. Oh, are we almost done? We are, yeah. Woo! 12 more episodes. I'm sure. Is this a test? No! <laughs>